Hi, Home Cooks. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. That's what we're talking about today. What to do with all your Thanksgiving leftovers? There are just as many possibilities for them as there are for any other ingredient. But first, I have some very strong opinions about holiday parties and hosting them that I'm going to get off of my chest. I think there's an etiquette to hosting and being a guest that often gets straight up violated. If you're the host and you make, let's take Thanksgiving, for example, you're the host, you make the turkey and the dressing. It is everyone else's job to bring the sides or to help cook. Everyone, every able-bodied adult has to do one or the other. People who don't do either, I'm writing to Santa about you. That is unacceptable. On the other end of that, if you are asked to bring something and you truly can't, it's okay to have boundaries, but never give a solid no. Instead of saying, no, I can't bring a sweet potato casserole, say, no, I can't bring a sweet potato casserole, but I'll be the first up clearing plates. No, I can't bring a pie, but I'll load the dishwasher. I'll take out the trash. I'll walk the dog. I'll wipe down the countertops. Go ahead and give something up front, something that the host will know is not a burden to them later. It makes everyone feel more calm and more thankful. On multiple occasions, I've had a potluck, like I didn't even do that much work to put a dinner party together, finished my dinner, taken the plate to my own kitchen and burst out into tears over the sight of a couple friends trying to do all the dishes before I could stop them, which is crazy. Why do we do that? Why do we try to stop people who are trying to help us and not accept their help? I think our pre-New Year's resolution should be to accept help with grace. People who do my dishes, I am so thankful for you now and always. My final note about holiday gatherings is skip the decor. I think a lot of people spend too much time messing around with little paper things that assholes like me just throw away immediately because we don't like clutter. I think your time is more wisely spent making your food look really beautiful on big platters. Put that in the middle of the table. It's your centerpiece and it keeps butts in seats. Like my family does this awkward thing where if we have a buffet, everyone is too polite to go first except for me. And then no one wants to eat once they sit down until everyone is at the table. And so we all, well, they all, not me, they all end up eating cold food. Uh, and if the food is right there on the table, it keeps you together. And after all, isn't that the point? Before we get started talking about food, we're going to do the Thanksgiving table thing ourselves, where you go around and say what you're thankful for. Last week, I asked you what Food-related things are you thankful for? And you wrote into me with some pretty funny answers. Probably my favorite of which comes from my friend Katie, who said, I am thankful for cornbread dressing and a husband who knows not to mess with my cornbread dressing because his Yankee mother's stuffing is disgusting and I firmly stand against unappetizing things. Sorry, not sorry, Anita. <laughs> Another favorite was from my friend Rachel, who said, 
I'm thankful that humans, due to genius, boredom, and or hubris, have learned to manipulate our environments so much that I can get drunk and eat 27 million different flavors of chips. Do you guys know that Trader Joe's has turkey and dressing flavored chips and I ate a thousand of them this month? The most popular answer, overwhelmingly, was cheese. Y'all are really into cheese and thankful for cheese. Like, should I make t-shirts that say, cheese is my lifestyle of choice? Probably the most eloquent uh, answer about cheese came from my friend Dre, who works for Sequatchie Cove Creamery here in Tennessee. And she said, so grateful for sweet, sweet cow, goat, and sheep titties that give us all the cheeses. Amen, Dre. All right, onto the good stuff. When I first moved to Boston from a small town in Tennessee, my mind was blown 24-7. I had never had Indian food or good Thai food or Middle Eastern food of any kind except for store-bought hummus. And one of the things that gave me a real thrill for some reason was this burrito place by my dorm that made a Thanksgiving burrito all year long. And it was just a regular burrito with turkey dressing. It was like a cranberry salsa. I don't remember if it was gravy or queso that was in there, but yeah, it just blew my mind. And that is a great starting point for Thanksgiving leftovers. Anything that can be stuffed, stuff your Thanksgiving leftovers into it. Burritos, tacos, tamales, savory Dutch babies, um... Egg rolls, egg rolls with Thanksgiving leftovers, top notch. The one rule to that that I will give you is don't reheat white meat. You probably already overcooked it, no offense, but reheating it, even if you cooked it properly, it's just going to make it nasty. So you use dark meat when you're putting turkey into warm things. To use up Leftover white meat, I think of it like chicken, like making chicken salad. Obviously, you can make a turkey sandwich with it, but it's a little more exciting when you're mixing it with mayonnaise and other flavorings. Like mayonnaise just holds other flavorings so well, and you can put it in a lettuce cup. Personally, I would mix it with my mom's cranberry relish. Uh, Cranberry relish is when you take fresh cranberries. My mom takes a bag of cranberries, one orange, one Granny Smith apple, one cup of sugar, and I think one cup of walnuts and pulses it all together in a food processor. And then the sugar and the orange juice kind of make a sweet pickle out of everything else. And the longer it sits, the better it tastes. So she makes a ton of it before Thanksgiving and we eat it for weeks and weeks. So I would take just chopped white meat turkey, mayonnaise, my mom's cranberry relish, Put it in a lettuce cup and top it with fried shallots, which should surprise no one. I really hope y'all haven't thrown out the bones to your turkey yet. Obviously, they're great for stock. Uh, You just throw them in a pot with water and vegetable scraps, bay leaves, thyme, peppercorns, whatever you have. And it makes stock that you can use wherever you would use chicken stock. But last week when I was hanging out with Jess Benefield from Two Tin Jack, she said she throws the whole carcass in a Dutch oven with water, puts it in her oven on 200 degrees and leaves it there overnight. And she uses that as the base for turkey ramen, which 
I mean, as far as turkey goes, that's probably the most exciting thing I've ever heard anyone do with it. Side note, if you're going to make ramen, go to an Asian grocery store and try to find fresh frozen sun noodles. Um, Every major ramen shop in the U.S., including Jess's Restaurant, Tutin Jack, and the Green Pheasant, uses sun noodles. They are absolutely the best, and they'll stay good in your freezer for a really long time. And sometimes they even come with little packets of tare to season your broth. So win, 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 sun noodles. I love you. Most of you told me you had the stereotypical things left over. Turkey that gets dry. Dressing cranberry sauce, Brussels sprouts. One person wrote in and said they have too many mashed potatoes left over, which is that really a real thing? Too many mashed potatoes. Also, do you eat sweet potato casserole and mashed potatoes? If you do, can I please come to your house for Thanksgiving? As far as the very confusing situation of having too many mashed potatoes, whatever that means, You're in a great place to make croquetas, which is like if you're Southern and you've ever made a salmon croquette, it's like that, but the base is mashed potatoes instead of saltines, and you can mix whatever you want into it. Don't overlook carbs on carbs. I personally would chop up pieces of dressing and mix it into the mashed potatoes, bread it and fry it, and dip it in gravy. Because as we learned last week, I kind of cook like a high person and that's fun. I don't normally recommend frying because even I personally have a history of, you know, fire. Uh, I think because we have air fryers now, it's going to change how we think about frying and how we fry at home and how comfortable we feel frying at home. And if you want to learn about that more, I really like the book Air Fry Every Day by Ben Mims. Ben, you don't know me, but I really like you. You can get the recipe for croquetas by signing up for the email newsletter at the bottom of my webpage, hmmessenger.com. It goes out every Wednesday with really specific instructions and even more strong feelings, if you can believe that. I haven't forgotten don't buy this. Let's do it. Don't buy this. I think I'm going to explain this one with a story. Every year on Christmas Eve, my parents have about 40 people over to their house. And every year on Christmas Eve morning, my mom wakes up and says, so-and-so is coming and they really love my chocolate fudge pie. I'm going to make one. Or so-and-so is coming and they don't eat chicken. Let's go out and buy some shrimp. And that is, it's that. Don't buy that. Don't second guess yourself at the last minute or buy things only to serve one person. Think out your recipe in advance and trust yourself. People will eat what they like and they won't eat what they don't like. And they're not restaurant critics. They're to review you. They're there to hang out with you and love you. So don't sweat it. Today, we're going to end with a reading from my friend Viv, who answered the question, What food-related things are you thankful for? I did a recording of it, and I thought it sounded ridiculous. Viv is a wonderful writer and an eloquent speaker, and I thought it would sound extra special coming from her. So, it's gonna. 
Viv, I am so thankful for you and your ongoing support of my work over the years. I'm thankful for the dressing bowl. I'm Vivian Nichols from Chattanooga, Tennessee, friend of Hannah's. The dressing bowl is an item of great esteem in our household, um, very much a part of our Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for the vessel that holds not only um, the Thanksgiving dressing preparations, but also many memories, um, mostly of my elderly mother. I came across the bowl in an antique shop in Maine, and when I showed it to my mother, who had come to live in her own little cottage behind our home, and she had given up many of her household items. When she saw this bowl, she said, oh, it's wonderful. It's a Thanksgiving dressing bowl. So it became known as that. And over the next few years, as she lived here and we made preparations for our holiday and our daughter married, um, her name is Ellie, and she married and came home for the holidays, it was very important for my mother to pass on these traditional dishes to us. And she was quite the queen of the kitchen, the matriarch, and she wanted to make sure things were done as they had always been done. So as she lost her eyesight to macular degeneration, um, the feel of the dressing became very important to her as well as the ingredients. So she gathered myself and our daughter Ellie together and made it made sure that we knew how to make dressing before she passed away. Hannah has a picture of mother at 94 presiding over the dressing bowl, and you could see one as well of our three generations of hands feeling the texture of the dressing. So now this bowl is reserved. It's sort of a, a sacred item of our family, and it's reserved solely for making the Thanksgiving dressing. This episode was written by me, Hannah Messenger, M-E-S-S-I-N-G-E-R, produced by Tony Gonzalez. Again, special thank yous go out to Ivan, who lent me recording equipment and who is giving me my own podcast mic for my birthday, which is next week. As always, join me each Monday on my Instagram stories when we play the Pantry Raid game. You tell me what odds and ends you have in your kitchen, and I tell you what I'd make with them. And we all have a lot of fun making more food and less waste. Happy cooking!